The passage from the first reading was written by the prophet Habakkuk. We don't hear from him very often. So when we do, I think it's important that we pay attention and listen to his words. And they weren't too cheerful, were they? He was talking about the society of his time in terms of violence and strife and disorder. And what was going on is that he was living in the kingdom of Judah. And that kingdom was being threatened by a more powerful force called the Babylonians. And his society was very corrupt at the time. You name it, it was happening. Corruption, embezzlement, people were being defrauded, you name it. And so he was standing kind of in the middle of that as God's prophet. He was saying, I'm seeing all this violence, I'm seeing all this disorder, I'm seeing all this corruption. Why, Lord, and when is it going to stop? A lot of disharmony, discordance, strife. Basically, what Habakkuk was experiencing and what he was crying out to God for. So I started asking myself, why is it that we can find these conditions in our society today, in our our world, in our city even? Why is it? that they exist. So I came up with with a term, and I call it the idolatry of the self. And that means this, that when we experience the strife, the violence, the disharmony, the discord in our society, it's because of our own idolatry. That is, we put ourselves before God. It goes all the way back to the sin of Adam and Eve when they ate of the forbidden fruit. What did they do? They chose themselves and to satisfy themselves rather than the law of God. Don't eat of the fruit of that tree. You can have everything else, but not of that tree. They put themselves first and God second. And then we know of the disaster that occurred after that. And we're still feeling its effects today. So when we have an idolatry of self, life is about me, very much so, and it revolves all around me. It revolves about what I feel and how I'm feeling at the moment, and it could change from time to time, day to day, but it involves how I feel, what I think, without much of any reference to what might be objective reality in the world, and what I want to do, because I'm free to do what I want to do, and therefore I'm living my life in a cocoon because it's all about me. That's called the idolatry of self. So the, way that, the ways that we witness, and I'll just give a few examples of that idolatry, is when human life in the womb is devalued to the point of calling it inhuman, a thing. Or when we don't hear the words of God that says male and female, he created them, I can make my own gender. Or when we don't hear the words of the Lord that says that all human beings are created in the image and likeness of God and therefore are not 
expedient things, their worth and their value doesn't depend upon their own industriousness or how they contribute to society, but their value and worth is because they're in, created in the image and likeness of God. But yet we've decided to dispose of people, the seriously or the critically ill, those who are chronically ill. They become not people, but they become problems to themselves, society would say, or to others. They cost too much. Or we begin, as we reflected last week, to assign labels to people as opposed to respecting their own human dignity. We begin to act according to our own economic or social interests, our political interests, and they become first. And then we have wars, either ones with weapons or ones with our words or ones with violence. All of that happens because of the idolatry of the self. It's all about me. We reject then what is objective truth. We reject the truth, the absolute truth, that God reveals about himself, about our world, about the human person, and about our relationships that we have with one another as human beings and our relationship with God. The idolatry of self puts things in disorder and disarray. And when that happens, wherever it happens, in an individual's life, in a community, in a nation, or in a society or civilization, there will be violence, discord, disorder, and polarization. Ah, oh. maybe the words of Habakkuk are ringing more truly in our world today. So how is that, how is that addressed, what I just shared, the idolatry of self? You're going you're gonna to kind of go, no, nah, you have to say that, but I'm going to because it's in the scriptures today. How do we address the idolatry of self? It's through faith. And, and what faith is, is a relationship. St. Paul talks about it, Jesus talks about it in the gospel. Faith is a relationship with God that's started by God, not by us. And faith is a body of beliefs, what he reveals about himself, what he reveals about his laws, what he reveals about the human, uh, the human being, what he reveals about the human person and how we have relationships with each other. Faith is a relationship that opens up to a body of beliefs. As God tells us about himself and tells us about ourselves as well, all the while inviting us closer and closer unto him, into his embrace. So in faith, it's God who initiates, we respond. So we don't tell God who he's going to be. We don't tell God what he's going to say. We don't tell God what his laws are, but rather we receive them, receive them into our hearts. Isn't that what the, the prophet said? That I will write my law upon your hearts. The, the, the center, the core of who we are. We respond 
to the gift of relationship with God rather than calling the shots or making it about ourselves. Faith is how we address what Habakkuk was saying. And you, and, and you noted that Jesus said, hey, if you have just a little bit of faith, you can tell this mountain to, to be uprooted and go into the sea. So what Jesus is saying is the power of faith. Not like, I'm going to possess power and I'm going to have stuff over you. Not that. But the power of faith is God working in our lives. God shaping, God transforming our lives. God motivating us, if you will, in terms of our actions with one another and our actions in the world. Our faith is powerful. And sometimes we forget that because the world can overpower us or seemingly overpower us. All of that, what I mentioned previously. But Jesus is reminding us, your faith is powerful. And further, St. Paul picks up on that theme as well. When he was writing to, uh, to Timothy, Timothy was a little intimidated. He was, he was scared of the community that we, he was in, and he was the bishop of that community. And, and so Paul had to say, Timothy, remember, stir into flame the gift that you were given when I ordained you a bishop. In other words, stir into flame the faith that you have. It's there. And he also said, remember the Holy Spirit. Remember the gifts that the Spirit has given to you and gives to your community. And, and, and don't set them aside. Sometimes in, in, in discouragement or, or a, a kind of a, a lack of seeing results, we set them aside. We said, no, no, no. Act on those gifts always. Because it's the Spirit. It's God there. And God will, will never leave you astray and he's never going to desert you or leave you alone. He's given you the faith. He's given you those gifts so you can act. So you don't have to be afraid, even though naturally you are. But rather, be emboldened because of the Spirit of God that has been given to you and works in you. See, same message for us. We're not ordained bishops, but same message for us. We've been given the gift of faith. Stir it up, the flame up. We've been given the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Why are we afraid? Oh, it's intimidating. Yeah, it is. The world can be very intimidating, yes. But why are we afraid? Because it's God here who's speaking to us, who's calling us who's empowering us to say that you don't have to be ruled by yourself. You're not going to do a good job ultimately of that anyway. You don't have to live by the tyranny of self, but rather live by the freedom of your faith, the freedom that Jesus has given both you and me when he died on the cross and forgave our sins. Live by that. God is much, much, much bigger than anything or anyone that we will find here. So let's live by that, rather than by what we see, or by the loneliness of the tyranny of self. Hear these words God said through Habakkuk, and you will live.